This week on DC's Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast, we welcome the host of the Treksports Quiz podcast, talk about the 30th anniversary of Deep Space Nine, the finale of Prodigy, and finally head over to Deanna's office to talk about what's going on in our personal lives. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Johnson. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy 2023. How are you doing yes. this year? It's only, uh, this, this year is going uh, really well so far, I think. Any big accomplishments so far over the past week? Oh, I've run four times this week already. Uh, so I'm getting back into running. I have... Uh, Was it marathon ha- again that you're running? Marathon is June? in June, yes. Yes. Yeah, so uh, a mere five months away. So, yeah, getting back into running, uh, changing my, up my diet a little bit, uh, cutting out a lot of sugar, which also means cutting down on alcohol and, well, specifically wine, uh, except for special occasions. I think about carbs all the time. Do you think about carbs all the time? I don't. Uh, I don't think. I think about processed sugar more. I think about, I don't, I don't worry about it, carbs. I think of actual sugar, sugar. As being mm. like, the, well, it's, all, my, it's all carbs. It's all, it's all sugar. sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I think of like, pro, like sugar, like, like no sugar in my coffee. No. Mm. I use Splenda um, now and I'll use real sugar if I'm like, if I really want to treat. But now I use Splenda. So, yeah. So I'm just trying to get my mind wrapped around running and eating healthier. And uh, yeah. And I'm doing more intermittent fasting as well. So, oh, look at you. Uh, that means like no dinners at like 9 p.m. usually. No, it does. But my fasting is like 16 hours between like 9 p.m. and 1 p.m. 9 p.m. at night okay. to 1 p.m. Except okay. for coffee. Except for coffee in the morning. Sure, sure. So sure. that's it. So, yeah. so no breakfast. No breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That makes no sense. breakfast. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're yeah. eating with your body. You're like. I am. Mind to body, yes, yes. yes I've, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a crazy year, a lot going on. So uh, I am trying to get myself in the right mind space for uh, for all that's coming this year. So, yeah, cool. How well, about you? How are how has your twenty twenty three been so far? I've just been trying to survive. Like survival is the baseline to which I'm trying to get back to because I've been. I got sick after Christmas. It was a cold. I've had the worst I had the worst sore throat right after Christmas. Um, it was really bad. I thought I had strep. They tested me for strep. They're like, you don't have strep. It's a cold. And then I got a really bad sinus infection. Um, and then I got pink eye on New Year's Eve. I woke up on New Year's Eve and my eye was like oozing. And I was like, this doesn't look good. And then I went to urgent care and then gave me drops. Um, and so I was like, there were this there was like things oozing out of all these orifices. So, um, that sounds you know, I, lovely. Yeah. So I had like two types of antibiotics. I had, uh, steroids. 
Um, I'm better now, but you know, it was a dark time the past. Uh, <laughs> it was past a dark time. time. Um, yes. but yes, things are better. So yes, I'm just trying to get back to baseline, literally. Um, so it's, it's literally just about survival, but Hey, you know, um, usually when people ask me, what's your goal for the next year? I'm like, you know, I'm just, I just want, I just want to try and make it, you know, just want to <laughs> stay alive. Um, so I'm achieving my goal so far. So yeah, very good. Well, you were also too sick for us to invite out to dinner on New Year's Eve. I know. I I, yeah. I canceled on. I was supposed to like go to, to like see some friends and see. Right. Kids, yeah. But I, that's when I had pink eye. I was like, I can give all your children pink eye, but you know, I'm I'm not gonna do that yeah. out of consideration because I love children, which is false. Um, but you know, I'm not gonna <laughs> do that to my friends. So. Yeah, I just ended up, I didn't even like watch like the ball drop or the countdown because I was like, whatever. Um, you know, so I, I was like, I think I was like binge watching the Orville at like midnight or something. So not to get into uh, off topic, but I finished all three seasons of the Orville in like, <laughs> in, like yes. two weeks. So um, yes, uh, that can be another separate discussion. Yes, we'll um, save that for later this month. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, because you knew about our little foible with our restaurant canceling at the last minute, like four hours before our dinner reservations on New Year's Eve. Right. And then they were blaming it on us. And actually, we found out our neighbor actually knows like the manager over there. So he's actually going to say Uh-oh. something to them. Oh. But I'm actually never going to go there. Like they're on my blacklist now. Like, okay. Well, you know, you know, you're free to hold grudges. That's one way. To I, I, I will. I do hold grudges like that. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. You, but, you uh, do you. I, I, I empower you to live your life the way you want. So. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate your permission here. Of course. Of course. Well, we do have a special episode because we do have a guest with us. Mike, do you want to give a quick intro? Yeah. So recently, if you haven't seen our Instagram stories lately, we were uh, the first contestants on the part two of season one. Johnson has these codes for this. What is it? Season one B. Season one B. Season one B of the Trexperts quiz and the host, Davey Willett, is uh, joining us today live from the future, meaning tomorrow morning in Australia. So welcome, Davey. Thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I can tell you that the future looks bright and amazing. You've got so much to look forward to. <laughs> and Johnson is still alive in the future as far as you know, right? <laughs> Apparently. As far as I know, but I was just thinking then, Johnson, that, look, your description of things oozing in orifices probably sounds like (laughs) some of the New Year's I had in my 20s. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and also probably a New Year's that he wishes he had. Um, (laughs) Although maybe um, in a different way, not in the way that was so described. But uh yeah, it's yeah. great to have you on our podcast. Uh, we had a lot of fun recording last month uh, with you. And so we thought it'd be really cool to have you jump on with us and uh, yeah, learn more about you and your Star Trek journey and uh, your podcast journey. And uh, yeah, talk about all the all the stuff that we're going to talk about this week. So, And I'm sure yeah. this episode is going to get as many listens as our Will Wheaton episode. Definitely. <laughs> yes, Look, you are 
<laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but I thought, what a, what a coup for you guys. Will Wheaton and now me. I mean, I, I know. Hopefully, Back to, hopefully know. the internet can handle it. <laughs> I, I hope so. Um, and hopefully it'll lead us to many more famous people coming on this podcast. So, Oh, my God. Um, Mike is like trying really hard. He really wants uh, Wilson Cruz. I'm like, oh, sure. so do I. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> yes. I'm an honest contestant. I, I feel like he doesn't know anything. I feel he'd be like, hey, oh, I yeah. have no idea. No, he can just yeah, he, he can just come on and keep score or something like that. But like, yeah, I I feel like I could have a chance because I had a Facebook comment conversation with Wilson Cruz once. As Ooh, I have oh, a, nice. a, a bit of a random segue, but I have a, a, a friend here in Melbourne who's from LA originally, and he saw me in a, f- I posted a photo from Star Trek Las Vegas from a few years ago with me standing mm-hmm. next to Wilson Cruz. And so this friend of mine in Melbourne tagged Wilson Cruz's personal Facebook account and said, oh, Wilson, you know, my friend Davey. And he was like, oh, yeah, hey, the guy in the green paint, because I used to, I always did the Orion costume. And I was just like, oh, yeah, so good to see you, blah, blah, blah. We had this little conversation and it was really cute because he remembered what we talked about because he asked me how long it took to get the green paint off in person. And then he asked me again in the Facebook comments and was like, oh, you were so confident you were going to get it off so quickly, but it took hours. But yeah, super cute. So I feel like maybe I have a chance of like, maybe I'll go back and yeah. find that conversation and be like, hey, Wilson, hey, Bean, I'm doing this show now. Would you like to be on it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a great connection that you have. Yeah, so uh, we, we live in the same ending. city with him and we're not going to, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. Uh, he lives like probably like two miles from us. Like. Yeah, yeah, or the yeah. water and yeah it's like whatever. yeah i saw him once on the street and i was about to like shout his name but i decided not to. i should have just introduced myself <laughs> you um, should have yes yeah but that's not my mo i don't like go up and talk to randos you know no you don't you don't talk to any randos whatsoever no no yeah that's not my job <laughs> i don't even like talking that's to people, not your so. <laughs> yes yeah. your tolerance of people is uh minimal yeah, and what about um, Wilson Cruz about? Like, we have nothing in common other than like Star Trek, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You, you forget though sometimes, especially when you talk to them at conventions. It's like, oh yeah, this is just your job. Like, you're <laughs> you're not actually Doctor Culper. <laughs> right? Just yeah, your, exactly. Just your, nothing about him. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure we have yeah. very little in common, other than the fact that we both live in New York. So, DVD. Yeah. Yeah. I, we'll I feel like he would be. Um, the one most likely to do it out. Like if you look at maybe like in the cast of discovery or even just, you know, the actors who are in star Trek today who don't rely on conventions as an income stream, <laughs> he'd be the right. one most likely, yeah. um, most likely to do something. Cause especially for a podcast like yours, because, you know, he's such a, you know, fabulous, um, you know, member of the LGBT community. Mm, He's so passionate right. about all that kind of stuff and bringing, and bringing right. that voice to Star Trek. But anyway, I'm a big fan. I'm yeah. a big fan too, Mike. All right. Well, that's, that's good to hear. So, you know, I'll come back and be on your podcast when you have him so that we make that connection. <laughs> Hashtag 2023 goals, basically. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Yeah. yeah, we're all just going to yeah. pass wheels and cruise around. <laughs> Yeah, so that'd be great. I mean, he's done, you know, he's back in New York. He's done, he's done with uh, Star Trek uh, with Discovery Season 5 now. So, 
Um, speaking of that, Davey, what are you looking forward to this year uh, in Star Trek? That is a, a fabulous question. And it's a tricky one to answer because we are going to be so spoiled this year. And I think it's it's different this year because we, we were quite spoiled last year. Mm-hmm. But this year... We know that Strange New Worlds is going to be good. You know, we know that Prodigy is going to be good. Um, we all hope that Discovery will get a bit better. Uh, uh, <laughs> don't get me started, baby. Don't get me started. Let me mute Johnson for this part of the conversation, okay? Oh God, don't yeah. get me started. Yeah. Look, I think we've had a bit of a turning point in in New Trek. Like I've always loved it, no matter what. Like I've always had some my gripes with with Star Trek across the whole thing, uh, but I think with with the introduction of, of Strange New Worlds and what I hope they're going to do right with Picard season two, uh, sorry, season three. Uh, you know, I, I think we've really it, it's it's really hit its stride now. The only thing I worry about is is the is um, any sort of like franchise fatigue maybe settling in, um, you know, because you look at things like, you know, I think even like Star Wars and Marvel, um, RuPaul's Drag Race, yeah. apparently a new season of that started. God, I don't want to watch that shit anymore. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> I've never yeah, been a RuPaul no, fan. Wait, Mike, have you ever watched RuPaul? No, I have not. Uh, yeah, yeah not, not a RuPaul yeah, fan. Or yeah. bad gays, I guess. Yeah, we haven't really yeah. gotten on board that wagon. Uh, yeah, I, I got into it, uh, I think, because of a boyfriend at the time and around about like season eight or nine and became like obsessed with it. And then I think it was a very social thing for me. I used to go to the bars and watch it. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, oh, this is really boring to watch by myself. And then yeah, kind of got mm. over it. Anyway, um, yeah. I didn't really kind of yeah. succinctly answer your question, though, about what I'm looking forward to. Like, I think I think all of it really I think it, the specific things I'm really looking forward to more of are more Strange New Worlds and probably more Lower Decks. Um, I just, I love Lower Decks so, so much. I, it's it's become my new background show. I've, I reckon I've rewatched every episode a, a dozen times. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you 100. I, I think Jetsa does too. We're very excited about Strange New Worlds Season 2. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. going to be phenomenal. Um, and, and we get Lower Decks in season two as well. Uh, yeah. Connie and uh, Jack both playing. Uh, is it Jack Quaid or what's. No, is that Jack his Quaid. dad's name? Jack Quaid. Jack yeah. Quaid. Quimler. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, we're going to get them in Strange New World. So that's really going to be fun uh, oh. to see how they work that in. Mm. Yeah. Like what kind I, of happens? Well, I, I was thinking about that. I mean, because they. The voice cast look a lot like their animated characters. So I wonder if they could just have them on live action and, you know, give him some purple hair and <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, well, yeah, yeah Jack Lee showed up with, in, like, his Boimler cosplay um, when we were in Chica- like, Chicago. Chicago, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, the purple hair was, like, a little... It, it looked really... It didn't look good, but I'm sure... <laughs> the real costume department can do something better. But uh, yeah, yeah, they, they do though. They do have that vibe that, you know, in terms of the actors and their, their characters. So I feel it'll work. Yeah. It it should be fun. As long as it's not like, I don't know. I'm, 
I don't want the, like to see like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit kind of like animated live action right. kind of thing. I feel yeah. like it would just be a bit too silly. Uh, but look, I I have faith in in both the, the showrunners of Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks to to do it in a clever and fun way. Yeah, and the thing about. Stranger Worlds is that because it's episodic, if, it, if there is one episode that isn't amazing, it's not like, oh my God, the whole season is terrible. You know, it, like mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Like, for example, last season of Lower Decks, the peanut hamper episode was very divisive. Frank <laughs> hated it. I was, I, I actually really liked episode. it. Um, but it didn't ruin the whole season for Mike. Like, you know what I mean? It's not right. because yeah, no, it did not. they can do one-offs like that that might miss the mark for some people but it doesn't ruin mm. the entire show for them mm-hmm. um so that's what you know even if that episode is like we can at least say oh they tried something different you know it didn't quite land and it's okay you know if it does end up that way who knows so yeah well because they've got to that point now where they're going to do these little sequel episodes i guess so why not experiment with the format so I mean, right. for every peanut hamper, you know, what was it called? A mathematically perfect redemption for every one of those. Mm-hmm. We get another, um, you know, Rise of Vindicta episode, which is which sure. uh, some of my favorites. I hope. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do we, what do we, we must be up to what? Uh, Voyage Home now and maybe even some Final Frontier <laughs> references. Uh, maybe even our favorite or our, my second favorite, but some Undiscovered Country in there. That would be really cool oh, yeah. to, to I would see. Love more um, yeah. Um, so, Davey, how did your Star Trek fandoms begin? Like, what did what what was your entry into the whole franchise? So, people always laugh when I tell them the first ever episode of Star Trek I watched was Shore Leave from TOS season one, and. It was it was kind of my mother who encouraged me to watch it. My mum is a, a huge Star Trek fan. You know, she watched it in, when it was first on TV, you know, back in the 60s. And uh, she had started watching The Next Generation as well. But we were out one day <clears throat> at a, a store called Crazy Prices, which is, I think you might, uh, we call them $2 shops. I don't know what you would call them, maybe like dime stores or something like that, you know, Everything's a bargain there and it's all very cheaply yeah. paid. And there was this bargain bin of VHS cassettes, yeah, old Western movies that no one remembers, um, you know, all very bootleg. And there was the a few cassettes which were, you know, Star Trek classic episodes, just $5 for the cassette, a single episode of the original series. And uh, I sort of remember picking it up and the Enterprise was on the front and, and I was kind of, I kind of knew what it was. I was only about seven or eight and my mother was just like, oh, I love that show. I think you'd really like it. Do you want to buy, do you want me to buy you this cassette? And so she did and I took it home and Shore Leave is not the best episode, but I was still just very, something captured my attention and I very distinctly remember the, the Enterprise on the front cover, I just remember looking at it going, wow, what is that? That is like, and and the love began there. And and look, it was very hard to to be a Star Trek fan in Australia at that time. And network television here was not very good at broadcasting it. It was always on late at night uh, because it was the only show that would get ratings at that time. So mum used to have to stay up and record it for me. So 
Um, I used to go into the local, um, it was called Video Easy, like a blockbuster, and uh, just hire, they had like random cassettes from TNG in the original, and I'd just go out and hire them over and just all I watched so much of it out of order as a kid but um (laughs) just was obsessed and I would find my favorite episodes and and rent them out just week on week on week on week on week um but yeah that's how it all began awesome wow that's really cool did um when did you start watching it or when did Australia start maybe more live broadcasts that were more attainable for you like what show or oh never Never. Oh, never. Oh, never. <laughs> no. Oh, wow. Not until, not until Netflix started getting Discovery day on day with. What? Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah so, because fun, it's really weird. It would be available on home video. Right. Before the TV stations here would air them. So, oh, wow. I. I so Voyager and DS9 I watched mostly in order because the again the the video rental store near my house got two new cassettes so two new volumes on the it was like the last Thursday of every month and they'd only ever get one copy of them and I would run like like I was I was a chubby little kid but man was I like an oh. Olympic sprinter after school <laughs> to get to that store on the last Thursday um to, to hire those out um so that's and with T- when TNG when I first got into it mum used to stay up because it was on at like 10 30 11 o'clock at night so mum would stay up and record it for me and I would get up really early and watch it before school the next day oh wow that's wow. that's really cool yeah. Yeah. Um, so who would you say was your first captain or your favorite captain then? Uh, look, very much Picard has, has always been my captain. So, you know, TNG was the series that was kind of like my first love. And, you know, I actually got asked that question in a job interview once where they were trying to get, you know, do a cultural fit, get to know me. And I talked about my love of Star Trek. And he's like, oh, are you more of a Picard or a Kirk fan? He's like, oh, why Picard? And you know, <laughs> for a bit of corporate wow. guff, I was I was like I was like oh well because you know he's more collaborative and everyone's involved in the decision and <laughs> <laughs> that's my leadership style. <laughs> Fantastic, relevant, but, uh, Pike, relevant. Yeah, Pike's becoming the new favorite though, and I think that's the case mm. for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, he's sort of the you know, 2022 version of, of Picard in a lot of ways, sort of a, a mm. kind of a combination of Kirk and Picard really like uh, does the action, but also is like has family dinners and, you know, things like mm, that, right. that, um, yeah. And he's not bad to look at. So, Oh, he yeah, is not, yeah. No, such a handsome, not at man. all. Yeah. I like is. to sort of think of, I, I, I just sort of describe Pike as being like, what modern, you know, cisgendered white men can be as leaders in this day and age, right? Like this is a, there's none of the like macho, I mean, he's still the hero of the show and he still has a a certain air of masculinity about him, but he's so inclusive and he uses correct pronouns without actually having to think about it. Right. Everyone's, you know, everyone's loved and involved, um, and he's hot. He's just so hot. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
even when he was uh, older in the finale uh, in the the uh, Admiral Reds from Wrath oh, yeah. of Khan looked yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he looked really good. Yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. me a story, Grandpa Pike. Love it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Man, uh, yeah, definitely. He's definitely uh, one of our favorites for sure. Well, cool. Um, let's uh, let's transition a little bit because this past week. Uh, we celebrated the 30th anniversary of Deep Space Nine, and uh, yeah, that, that is also my birthday, which I just learned today. I was yes. two years old when I found out that Emissary apparently premiered yeah. on January 3rd. I had no idea, so thank you, Mike, for educating yeah. me. You're welcome, yeah. Um, so 30 years ago, 1993, um emissary and uh davy you and i were ch- chatting because we both watched the emissary on the anniversary yeah. uh, so uh it? two of you yeah yeah well not oh. together we i mean separately i saw <laughs> I, I you know we didn't do a group watch or anything like that <laughs> <laughs> where you weren't invited um you were actually at your birthday dinner uh um, oh, okay. so there was All that right. yes um so, uh, we'll start with you, Davey. Uh, thoughts on the 30th anniversary? Where where do you feel like DS9 sits for you in the Star and where Trek? where were you? Where were you 30 years ago? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone can see that, that Deep Space Nine has found its audience in, in, in the modern era. Um, and it's... A, a true testament to how ahead of its time it was. You know, the real sort of black sheep of the of the franchise at the time that not even, you know, Berman or anything wanted anything to do with, which is why Iris Stephen Burr got away with so much that yeah. <laughs> because they weren't really and why paying yeah, attention. Good, honestly. Yeah. Uh, and look, I I loved it at the time. It was it, given what I was saying before. It was very tricky for me to watch until right. I was able to sort of start getting those cassettes in order. But you, you mentioned, yeah, you know, where was I thirty years ago when it came out? So, funnily enough, again, I I watched Emissary on a VHS cassette that I had to rent out, but I didn't know it was a new series because. Uh, the, the 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 rental store got had a few copies of emissary come out and then nothing for like a year so and i bought like a oh. they eventually put it up for sale as like a you know x rental copy and i bought it and took it home and i watched i just thought it was like some telly movie that they made and i watched it over and over and over again and then a, 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 almost a year later i I remember, I think it was the Q episode from season one came out. I saw that somewhere and I was like, wait, hang on. This is a whole show. <laughs> My mind was blown. Um, but yeah, I, I distinctly remember, like, I, I reckon my, my, I fell in love with it at the beginning of season two when they had, were, were so bold to do a three part episode. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is amazing. I want an, I was sold on the whole idea of stories that continued outside of just the the self-contained episode, which is was always its charm, um, even if it was tricky for people to consume at the time. Yeah. 
Johnson, what are your, some of your thoughts on the 30th anniversary? Where were you when Where it was started? I? <clears throat> okay, so I was, I was 11. Correct. I don't know you got that. Um, no, no right. wait. I That's was, enough I was out 10. of you. Thank 10. you. We're good. We're good. Thank you. No. No, it would have been yeah. your birthday, so you would have been 11. Yeah, 11. You know, I was like, wait, what, what age was I? Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was 11, um, and I did watch the premiere. I, yeah, I did watch the premiere. I remember watching it, like, when it came out. Um mm. But I don't think I, like, I didn't really connect with Deep Space Nine until, like, a little bit later. Like, because it was not immediately compelling to me. Like, I didn't, first of all, I think that, you know, it was a pretty adult show. But then also, mm-hmm. it's, like, it all it's, everything's happening on a space station. And I think that for me, being, like, an 11-year-old, like, mm-hmm. it wasn't, for me, it didn't really capture my imagination like TNG did. I got in TNG around season three, so actually around that time, I would say, um, like a little bit earlier um, in 91, 92. But, um, you know, TNG is like they're exploring space. They're like, you know, meeting new aliens versus like they're on a space station and they're waiting for things to happen to them or like waiting for mm. things to come to them, at least in the first two seasons. So... I didn't really get into it. I think what actually got me more into it um, was around season three, especially when like Worf was introduced um, like that, like that, around that time, like that's where I got, I started paying more attention to DS nine. Um, and by that time, like, you know, things with a dominion were in full swing, yada, yada, yada. So there was a lot more happening. Um, I think season one, you know, had some really good episodes, but it's also like, you know, the, the most compelling episode is like what, like duet, which is like a very talky episode. And for like a eleven year old, it's like, what the fuck is happening? Um, <laughs> it's, you know, it's not like, and a lot of it's about like, but the Bajoran religion and politics. And it's really like, you know, heavy stuff. Um, and I don't think to be honest, like at that age, it wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't something I lashed onto. Um, I think obviously now, like, I'm very different, and it's like, yeah, you know, I love that shit, but for 11-year-old Johnson, it wasn't quite, like, you know, it didn't, like, immediately, like, capture me, you know? Um, obviously, I can now say that DS9 is my favorite series um, in retrospect, but, um, you know, I would say, especially the first two seasons, like, you know, it's a little slow sometimes, it's a little bit more, um, you know, ponderous, and, and you know, is an is a, is a adjective I would use. Um, there's a lot of talking. It just wasn't at that time for me, like, you know, the, it immediately captured my imagination, you know? So adult, wasn't it? Like you, when you go it back was, to watch it, yeah. like, like, oh, especially like duet, like, yeah, everyone's like, oh, it's the best episode of season one. And I'm like, I, I would not have understood what, why that was so gripping when, when I was that age as well. No, no. Um, what about you, Mike? Uh, I was, I was home from college break. Uh, I think at the, I think that was my sophomore year. Um, and so I watched the first episode at home and then had to figure out a way at college, how to continue watching it. But I really loved it from the start. I loved the, you know, the cast. I loved the tie in to, uh, Wolf three, five, nine, right from the beginning. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, and, and Davey, when you said it was sort of like a movie, Rewatching it, you know, I've rewatched it recently because since, since, uh, actually, since we were on the Trexperts quiz, I have started my DS9 rewatch and I am now halfway through season two. 
And I have to say that there was only one episode in season one where I felt like, oh, I could probably skip this. It's not that, you know, big of a deal. You know, it's not that, you know, and it was actually the storyteller, which really wasn't like super, um, you know, critical. Other than you, you, what what I'm finding most fascinating watching it now is just the evolution of, of things like the in season two, you start hearing about the Dominion and roles of acquisition. And then um, in another episode, a couple episodes later, I forget the name of it. Um, but you also see the evolution of like Bashir and O'Brien's relationship, like how they just couldn't stand each other at the beginning. Um, and, and I, uh, you know, uh, as you, you both know, like Terry Farrell as Jadzia Dax was by far my favorite on this show. Yeah. Yes, I just yes. loved, <clears throat> didn't loved pick her. up on that at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so she was great. Um, but going back and watching it, rewatching it now, like I'm just really just loving it again. Like uh, there is so much to love about the, the depth of characters yeah, there you're right. There's a lot of mature themes and there's a, you know, a bit of gray area and darkness that you don't you wouldn't have seen on Next Generation. Like mm-hmm. Next Generation was obviously very moralistic and very like, you know, always keep to the to the good side, but um, you know, Odo and being, you know, Odo's story and how he, you know, how he envisions law and all of that is really you know, interesting. And a lot of it ties into today a lot more than I, I realized. Like, it's still very relevant today. And, and you know, like, things like the in season two, there's this episode called Cardassians, which is all about the orphans left behind. And that's really uh, resonates for me right now as we, you know, my partner Dennis and I go through the adoption process and, and all of that. So it's just um, all these things that are kind of it's just so, so many layers and so many, so many great characters. And, and I'm really noticing the relationship between Jake and Ben uh, and just how much I actually noticed it the other day that, you know, they say, I love you to each other, which is just an amazing thing that you wouldn't have seen on any other show. Um, so I, I, it definitely is, remains my favorite and, you know, it's just it's just such a great show and I, I'm really excited to it's almost like I'm I didn't rewatch it during the pandemic. Um and it's just it's sort of all fresh and new, like in a lot of ways, new you know, new to me again. Uh and I'm sort of seeing things catching things that I n- wouldn't normally or don't remember catching before. It just speaks to me now, kind of like it did when it first aired and when I've watched it you know, since then, um, it just continues to speak to me on so many levels. And I just, um, it's such a great show. And I'm so happy that this is this dark horse, uh, back in the day is getting its just desserts now with so many people coming to it. Um, obviously it was early serialized television. Like most shows didn't do these serialized storylines. So, um, yeah, and it's just it's just great all around. So, and the ca- the cast cast is fabulous, just yeah. amazing, all of them. 
So I think Mike is. I think Mike's angling <clears throat> as well to to get requizzed on another Deep Space Nine topic because <laughs> I think he's he, he's dropped into conversations with me on social media many times. Like, oh, I'm rewatching it now after the quiz. I'm rewatching it now. Oh <laughs> if you want to quiz God. me? If, yeah. If you want to quiz me again, you can. It's okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. I, I mean, I, I should go back and listen to the uh, season two quiz that you did. Just to, but once I finish it, so it, I will. Hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, so hard. But Kelvin, who was on that episode, it still holds the high score. He yeah. ab- obliterated yeah. that quiz as much as he obliterated Christos in that quiz. That he, <laughs> yeah, no, I was very um, impressed. Like he just yeah, knew yeah. facts. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Kelvin did send us a message on social and said congratulations to you, Johnson. So, but his high score, <laughs> okay. his high score does uh, does continue to rain. And when he first messaged us, I was like, "Yeah, you know, I don't think you have to worry about your high score with us. We're not, <laughs> we're not, we're not going to be in the tournament of champions." No, no. But oh uh, it was, uh, you know, and you know, I'm just, I think the quiz really helped me, like remember and give me a reason to go back and just rewatch it especially since i've watched the premiere now twice within like the last month and uh jadzia being 28 and bashir being 27 is killing me every time so the fact that i thought she was 29 is killing me but um anyway so um yeah there there's a little bit about uh any other thoughts, guys, on uh, on DS9 and its anniversary? No, I should probably rewatch it again. I did my rewatch over the pandemic, so but that mm. already feels like forever ago. I did my over the pandemic. I rewatched. Wait, I rewatched like almost like I watched all DS9 and Voyager over the pandemic, and then TNG select episodes or something. It was great. Oh my god, what yeah. time! Yeah. I kind of missed those days where I had nothing to do, so I just like just rewatch <laughs> like star trek because you can't do anything mm-hmm. social i don't know yeah basically i would say and now i'm doing... like real busy socially so no time <laughs> i would say if you are doing a rewatch uh christos who was on that season two quiz you know said that he and a lot of people have said that they start their rewatches around season four or when wharf joins because you know way of the warrior such a yep. fantastic you know movie length episode but I actually really suggest, like, if you are going to skip season one, by all means, skip season one. You really can. Uh, but I would say start with season two because it, whilst there's still a lot more standalone in it, there's so much fabulous foreshadowing and the beginning mm-hmm. of some of those series-long relationships like uh, uh, like Bashir and O'Brien and even like Jadzia and Kira, like the friendship that mm-hmm. they had and... Even and my, my favorite relationship on the show is actually Quark and Odo, like that. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> that odd little like I don't know. It, it's so brilliantly written, but so beautifully performed by the two mm. actors. Like the when you and when you watch that relationship evolve and how Quark shows up at the final episode and holds a drink up and he's like, that man's gonna miss me. It was written all over his back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's perfect. Yeah. So perfect. I, I would agree with you. Season two is a great place to start. Um 
Although I, I really, I really feel like season one is also, it's not, it's not, uh, it's, yeah. it's not, a, it's a most, you know, the, it's a strong, it's a shorter season. It's only 20 episodes. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, you could probably, you know, ask someone, ask anyone, you know, and get it like, get it down to 10, 10, you know, season one episodes that are really worth, worth your time. Cause you have the grand Nagus visiting in the first season and they, and he comes back in the second season. So you get to learn a little bit more about Ferengi. Um, yeah, I think the evolution of the Ferengi in general as moving from a nemesis, mm-hmm. which they were in Next Generation, to um, just a very, um, what's the word I want to look uh, They're like, more fleshed fruitful, out. Like a race. Yeah, fleshed like, out. Yeah, yeah fleshed yeah. out race. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you no, know, there's a very lot of cool. good things in season one. Like, you know, we meet. Um, there's a lot of the Bajoran religion stuff, like we met Kai Wing, Kai Opaka, mm-hmm. like, you know, like those are really critical introductions. Um, you know, yeah. definitely this season one finale was all about, you start to see and understand like, you know, the machinations of Kai Opaka. I'm oh, sorry, Kai mm-hmm. Wing. I always like mess it up. I literally <laughs> always mess up like the, the, yes, you do, yeah. um, so it's like, um, you know, you start to kind of see the, the, um, like the seeds they start to plant for her to become who she becomes, you know, Kai Wynn, yeah, not Kai absolutely. Wynn. So, um, so yeah, like, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in season one. Yeah. Yeah. Very right, cool. cool. Well, um, in other, um, current events, um, we also saw the season finale, the season one finale, not season two finale of <laughs> prodigy supernova parts one and two. So that, premiered basically right before the end of 2022 um thought we'd talk about that really quick i loved the finale i thought it was Mm. amazing i thought honestly the first season of prodigy was one of the best first seasons of star trek ever um i think that it gets you know it it does it kind of gets a short end of the stick because it is an animated show that was also like meant to be on nickelodeon and like whatever but Honestly, it's like one of the I think it's like one of the best written shows um that are that's out there, like period. And definitely as a Star Trek show, um, it's done this it's done the franchise um more than justice when it comes to really representing the characters, the universe, the um the themes of Star Trek. Um and the finale was like I was like I was like texting Mike. I was like, the finale is like amazing. It was just like, I was like, um, the kind of like, uh, you know, they, I know they talk about this all the time, but they, you know, they talk about like taking great swings with it. Like literally like they blew up the ship, you know, like, and mm. how many, you know, how many first seasons do we get where they actually like blow up like the ship, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just like, they, they do a lot. And they also, even though it's like a kid's show, quote unquote kids show they they aren't afraid to like really pull in the science of it which i always like about Mm. star trek um like you know they're and sometimes it's really complicated like between the time travel shenanigans and then like you know you get like really like science like star trek tech like oh they're merging the warp bubbles or yeah Mm. hologram Janeway created a wormhole to an alternate future i'm like okay like it's like blink if you miss it kind of things that do mm. the kids really even understand what's happening? But like, you know, they don't kind of talk down to their audience, right? Like that's one yes, of the things we love about yes. Um yeah. So anyway, I love the finale. I thought it's, and I, t- I predicted to Mike, I was like season two, 
Star Season 2 is going to be like Search for Chakotay. It's like, you know, like, and that seems to be where we're headed. So, um, you know, I, I personally loved it, but we'll love to hear what you two thought about it. Yeah, you you just took the words right out of my mouth in terms of how it doesn't talk down to its audience. They have... I, I wasn't totally sold on season 1A. I, I enjoyed it, but for some reason, season 1B felt like it could almost be a whole different season because it just kicked it, it kicked into gear right from the beginning. And I love the fact that they have found this beautiful balance between a, a show for younger audiences that us season fans can sit back and be like, ooh, yeah, because all mm. the references and... You know, seeing um, ships like the Defiant and, you know, all those TNG-era starships that we've loved and missed seeing on screen. Um, yeah, look, they've really found some magic with, with the way they've written it, the cast, the characters, and it's, it's so different but so fabulously Star Trek all at the same time. I think with the finale, you know, with, with what we're talking about at the moment, I loved it. I think I think it could have been put together as one long episode like yeah, the premiere yeah. was because mm-hmm. I did find the the very quick resolution of the the big drama, you know, the big battle um with the uh, I can't remember what the name of the the, the red spinny the actual the, big battle the living was. construct weapon or whatever. The, the living construct that's, that's right. Yes. <laughs> I, the, the resolution of that just kind of was like because we got we had this huge like thing happening at the end of Supernova Part One and then it just ended very quickly and then and I but I loved all the epilogue stuff and all that that happened afterwards. I thought that was brilliant. I just I I I, I kind of got taken the momentum got lost kind of splitting it over the over the two episodes, but. Still, right. If they merged like, into one, the pacing would have made more sense, probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That that being said, like that that is a very small gripe, and I can it's on streaming, and I can just easily watch them both back to back now, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, with season two, I was out with some friends yesterday, and one of them said that he thinks that season two is just going to be Voyager the sequel, and I'm like. Well, I'm totally here for that and totally fine if that, that's yeah. the way it turns out. Like, yes, please, let's let's do more of that. Um, but, yeah, what, what about you, Mike? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I rewatched it today. And um, it, you're, you're right about the, the two-parter. I actually, I, I've been forcing myself, not forcing myself, but I... I resist the urge to skip the opening credits. Like I love the music of Prodigy, but I also love mm-hmm. the music for Deep Space Nine. And because I'm doing a rewatch, it offers me to skip the end credits and the opening credits all the time. And I still just live through it. But for Supernova Part 2, once once one was over, I actually skipped the credits to jump right back into Part 2. So I totally agree that I think that, uh, yeah, the way that it, part one ends and, and two kind of jumps on is, uh, is a, um, is a bit of a miss, but, um, but again, yeah, hopefully they'll combine them in the future into one, one big long yeah. episode. Um, yeah, I, re- I really did enjoy all the the starship action, um, seeing the defiant and, and a few other shows, you know, ships, which I couldn't see. I was watching on my iPad, 
Um, so it's not like I can see like in great detail, like I guess the sovereign was there and there were a bunch of other, Mm. um, Mm. famous starships there, but it was, you know, the one thing that I, and this is a minor issue with, um, with, uh, with prodigy is that the jumps in time or, and or logic or space, sorry, even in, in space, right? Like suddenly right, you're, no, we're, we're, we're in the alpha galaxy. quadrant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they they're zooming around the, the whole galaxy, you know, whereas 20 years ago, Voyager is going to take 70 years to get back from the gamma mm-hmm. quadrant and Delta um, quadrant. Oh, sorry. Delta quadrant. So <laughs> get your street, Mike. Sorry, I'm in Deep Space Nine mode here. You run a podcast. You should know this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes, and when we get paid a million dollars, I'll be much more knowledgeable about this (laughs) as I I shared on social one time. Uh, No, so, yeah, just how they suddenly got into the heart of the Federation and then a month later after all of this happens – the kids splashed down in San Francisco Bay <laughs> in San Francisco. Um, so those minor things, uh, I think, are, are, are fine and, you know, only really trouble those of us who are a little bit older and think, think through these, like, spatial pieces. But I really, uh, I, I think the finale, both parts, really highlight... Um, Janeway and Kate Mulgrew like she is such a such a star of that finale and I mean I love the entire cast I think they're great but uh Johnson and I have talked about this before this show has really made me come back and love Kate Mulgrew even more um she's just uh you know fabulous you know amazing uh at this and and so I'm actually really excited for season two because we're gonna get like Vice Admiral Janeway all the time now. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, leading this expedition into either the fissure that the the protostar created or um, whatever they're going to do. And I'm excited to see what ship they're going to be on because it's clearly not going to be a protostar class. Everyone thinks it's a Voyager A. It's going to be the Voyager A or something. That's right. Um, With Captain Harry Kim. Oh, yes, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing about so really something to do like someone Garrett Wang needs a job. Well, actually, so there's there's a rumor out in the Internet that he's the captain of the Enterprise F. So uh, what? uh, Who started this rumor? I don't know, but it's oh, you haven't. uh, Yeah. so maybe it's a wish, but I think, you know, I think maybe we will, we will see Captain Harry Kim this year. He hasn't waited. Well and we may even Asian. see. No, I don't He hasn't aged well, I should say. Just, <laughs> <random> comment. <laughs> well, this is I an eight. No, I, we can't say anything because we're, you I know, can. we'll I let can. the uh, you can. <laughs> yeah, I can. I don't think he's being very good care of himself, but that's my opinion. Um, no, I mean, someone needs to give him something to do. All he has is like, um, the Delta Flyers podcast. And then he, yeah. he has like, he shows at the convention and stuff like that. And, uh, and so. he always has his own booth at the conventions uh, where he, he charges does. like 30 bucks for a selfie or something like that. <laughs> well, he has to make money yes. somehow. Yeah. So. Yeah. He's great. Um, though. He's great so, at, the, at the conventions. 
Sorry. <laughs> no, very no, no. I, I, yeah, he is very friendly. Yeah, no. Uh, I think, yeah. I've not gone up to him to tell him that I don't think he's yeah. aged well, but, you know, like, <laughs> there's always opportunities in the future, you know. Well, look, Garrett, I'd like to give you some constructive feedback, you know, <laughs> from like, one man to emotion. another. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Just trying not to frown so I'll much. Be, I'll be somewhere else. I will be somewhere <laughs> will else for this conversation. <laughs> I will not be there for this. I do not know you. I will not be present. <laughs> well, I'm hoping at least we'll get more Voyager cameos. I mean, come on. We have for to. Sure. Like, yeah. absolutely. So, and then they need, uh, the one thing they need to do for part two, though, uh, sorry, not part two, but season two is like, explain more Chakotay because these kids probably they're like who's this Chakotay guy because they've never really mm. gone into it like in, in season one like Chakotay's been brought up a lot but obviously these kids that may not have seen Voyager have no emotional investment in who Chakotay is and we haven't been given the shakedown as to why he's even important so it's like we need a little you know the kids need a little bit of that um, if mm. he's going to be like a centerpiece of season two so I'm hoping we get that too. TBD. Yeah, I cool. think it was a fantastic uh, finale, and uh, you know, uh, looking forward to season two. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, um, why don't we drop by Deanna Troy's office? Come in. Hi. You got a minute? And uh, for our listeners that may not remember, because it has been a while since we've done this, um, we have a segment called Dishing with Deanna, which is when we talk just a little bit about what's going on in our lives, what's going on with us. Um, You know, I can give a quick update. (laughs) Um, Other than trying to survive, um, you know, I've been seeing this guy, like we've been on like four dates um, just someone met on Hinge or whatever, and uh, he, he, he actually like um, he's a big like just sci-fi fan, but he hasn't seen any of the new Trek. So I'm like, okay, we need to like rectify this. So he signed up for Paramount Plus, and he's already burned through like three three seasons of Discovery. So we've been talking about that, and then he got me to watch the Orville because I was like, oh yeah, I started season one, didn't really like it, and he was like, you gotta watch the whole thing. So we've been like uh, just like trading like reactions um, when it comes to Star Trek and the Orville. So it's been good so far. It's only four dates in. It's not a lot. And I've been like sick on like three of them. So it's like, okay, like I'm not my best, you know, I'm puss and ooze, you know, Um, (laughs) but uh, you know, you know, not, not the sexiest look. But, um, you know, still uh, still trying my best. So, anyway, that's that's Does the start it? of my personal life for 2023 anyway. Just, like, you know, going on, going on some dates, nothing crazy. Um, just starting off the new year with some, with some action. So, like, a little mm. bit anyway. And I does think. he like Discovery, though? Like, have you, are you <laughs> seeing, <laughs> are you seeing <laughs> eye to eye on this topic, Johnson? Like, <laughs> he hasn't gotten, so I haven't, um, he hasn't gone to season four, which again, I think mm. is terrible. Um, season three is fine. You know, I, I actually really like Discovery one, season one and two. 
Um, mm. One I thought was really strong. Two I really liked with like all the Pike stuff. Um, season three is when I start is, it starts to get a little shaky for me, and then season four is like just bad. So he hasn't gone to season four, so I'm not. I don't want to like you know because I'm a very positive person. Um, so I didn't. I don't want to oh, be a Debbie. Totally. <laughs> um, so I'm like, oh, yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, you know, positive. Um, so I'm like, I'm just like saving my commentary until he finishes season four. And I also told him like, oh, cause I was like, oh, if you want, you can watch two seasons of discovery and then start watching stranger world if you want. But he just wants to like run through the whole thing of discovery. Cause he's in that groove. So I'm like, all right, you know, do you, do you, do you choose your own adventure? Um, so, so yeah, so we've been kind of like going back and forth on that. So that's kind of fun. Um, it's nice when, uh, you know, I, it's nice when I go on dates and it's always nice when you have things in common, you know, yeah. obviously you don't need to end up with someone that like, you know, has all your shared interests, but it's always nice when they're like, at least like kind of interested or they're like willing to entertain your interests, you know, mm. um, it kind of like creates a little bit of common ground for you to like, just have some banter when you don't have like anything else to talk about, you know? So anyway. So yeah. hypothetical then, if, if if season four turns out to be his favorite, is it over? <laughs> we'll, we'll have to reckon, we'll have to like have some, we'll have to go to like couples counseling or something. I don't know. Yeah, we have to like figure that piece of it out. Yeah. Um, have an issue so. emerging. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, we'll see. oh I, when he starts to hear you on your soapbox, look out! Oh gosh. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Oh it's gosh. A big soapbox. It's a big soapbox, and I will like it is. get on that soapbox at any point. Yeah. Yes. Yes, you will. But we're not. We're going to avoid that now. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, that's a good segue, Davey. I know you know you you're you know you have a partner. His name is Anthony. Mm-hmm. Um, would love to know more about your relationship with him. He, I know he does not watch Star Trek, right? He's not a big, he's not a Trek fan. He, no. I remember like it was the first or second episode you had him on. He was scorekeeper, and he was mm. like, he he was just like talking like out of his butt. Like I was like, this guy. Knows nothing. <laughs> um, yeah. like, how did you guys meet? Was it like, was your like big Star Trek fandom? Was it like? interesting for him was that a turn off like what was all that mm. like uh, just quickly you <clears throat> sorry pardon me um you mentioned him being on on Trexpert's quiz as the scorekeeper he is so much fun to have on the show because his total lack of knowledge makes for some very funny banter the fact that we were we asked in he was in the first episode and i asked a question about the cardassians and you just hear anthony off to the side go which one of the Kardashians is in Star Trek? <laughs> genuinely, <laughs> oh genuinely. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's oh right. God. Yes. Even when I was watching Emissary the other day, Mike, he was in the room and he just goes, "So, do you think the Kardashians ever tried to sue them?" And I was like, "This was before <laughs> they were a thing." Okay. Oh. This was 30 years ago. They were, oh half of them didn't yeah. exist. And, exactly. Yes. Kim hadn't made her sex tape yet, which he then oh. went and realized that was a thing. He went and looked that up, but we won't go into the <laughs> <laughs> There we go. <laughs> we go away while I watch this and uh, go find the, the Cardassian, or yeah, the Cardassian sex yeah. tapes. 
Oh, Cardassian sex tape. That's the cosplay. Yeah. 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 Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm sh- I'm sure it exists somewhere. But Luke, you you said, uh, or you asked, you know, uh, you mentioned shared interests. Sorry, and mm. look, I, I think they're important, but I I think it's also nice that we we have quite some quite varying interests because it, it helps us have our own things. Mm-hmm. But also, I find the fact that he really loves football really fascinating, and he's he finds it fascinating that I love Star Trek and sci-fi. He doesn't quite get it, uh, but you know, it, it, it is what it is. He did try early on. I think when Discovery season four was about to start, I was going to do my usual thing and have all my mates over for a viewing party. And he wanted to be a part of that. He he gets mm. FOMO, right? So he was like, all right, I am going to catch up on this show. Oh, and he, I just remember he sent me a video. He searched for Star Trek on Netflix, and this was back when they were all still on there. And he's just gone... I'm so confused. There's so many of them. Which one do There's I watch? So Star Trek, Voyager, Star Trek. I was just like, just watch Discovery. He got about three or four episodes into it. He loved he loved Sonequa Martin-Green. Uh, but, you know, when, when his first question was, why does this guy look different to everyone else in reference to Saru? I was like, oh, babe, I don't uh... think this is for you. <laughs> I don't think this is for uh... you, I'm afraid. Um but you know, look, that that's fine. You know, we we don't need to to like all the same things. Of course, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, he's he's amazing. We we've been together for about eighteen months now. Uh, we were a kind of a lockdown relationship. So yeah, oh. I don't know if you know this, but Melbourne was the most lockdown city in oh, the world. Australia was intense. It was. I remember, like other Melbourne than, like, specifically. Any- yeah. Oh really, Melbourne specifically? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were twice as so we spent almost in in terms of days, we spent almost a full year, almost three hundred and forty odd days or something like that, locked in in strict what we called stage four restrictions, unable to go more than five kilometers from your house, curfews from eight p.m. Uh, it wow. was oh, wow. it That's was intense. a lot. That's and we yeah. we met just before one of those happened. So we, we met at a, a nightclub for like a one weekend that they were open and we went on a single date the night before a lockdown was due to start. I I was I had to race home in an Uber because the, the lockdown started at midnight. Oh, my uh, God. Oh, wow. Uh, but then we formed a, a singles bubble. Um, which we were allowed to do. If you were a single person living by yourself and you had an intimate partner or you knew another single person living by themselves, for, for mental health reasons, you could visit that person's house. Um, mm-hmm. So we had little date nights at home because you could order food in from fancy restaurants and all this kind of stuff. So, look, we just yeah, we, it was kind of nice. We kind of got to know each other without all the, you know, the fluff of, other gay life going on around us <laughs> and mm-hmm. um yeah then the, the lockdown ended a few months later it was which mind you was like our fifth or sixth lockdown and uh yeah we decided to make it official and um yeah, now it's 18 months later and we're talking about probably 2023 is the year we move in together so we'll see what happens next wow 
That's cool. That's a cool story. Yeah, Melbourne, I heard, was pretty intense, but I didn't realize it was like, I didn't realize there were like curfews. Like, that's, that's serious. It was hard. It was a really, like, it, it's so bizarre to think that those two years happened. And yeah. we've all emerged a little different and a little, mm-hmm. a little, a little broken. And I think we're all learning how to kind of be normal social people again, still, you know, a good 12 months after the lockdown, last lockdown ended. But uh, yeah, it, I think we, we as a community earned our freedom. Um, mm-hmm. and, yeah. Uh, Mel- Melbourne's a very exciting, you know, it, it's a place that's well known for its food, its bars, its shopping, its nightlife. Um, and all of that took such a hit. Um, yeah, yeah. And I feel like we're, we've we've all we've we've now all partied way too hard because we were so excited to be living our lives again, and now everyone's almost going the other way and like going, Whew, "Could do with a lockdown just to uh-huh. <laughs> reset, <laughs> maybe do a DS Nine rewatch." I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Melbourne. I visited um, Australia January of twenty twenty. <laughs> like, no so way. Right, yeah, so right before things blew up, I was. I, I I did the tourist thing. I just visited Sid, uh, Sydney and Melbourne, mm. um, both amazing cities. And yeah, then yeah, and then the world ended two months later. So it's like oh my god. So I just made it. I just made it before like everything shut down. So yeah, um, similar. But, yeah, I was in yeah similar. I was in San Francisco last week of February, first week of March, twenty twenty. Oh my like, god! Oh wow. Yeah, I was there for work and I was staying a few extra weeks, just personal time visiting some friends of mine that live there. And I just, I cut the, the, the trip short because everything was just feeling a little off. Like the, the, the toilet paper crisis had started back in Australia right. before, yeah. before, uh, in the, before it happened in the US. And I just remember racing home and a week later, boom, things started shutting down. Mandatory hotel quarantines for people coming back into the country, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. It would, yeah. And then, whew, feels like a lifetime ago. I know. Whole How do you feel life. about the prospect of living together? Have you have you done that before with anyone else? Yeah, so I, I was with someone in my 20s for about 10 or 11 years. Long, and long yeah, we lived, and he and I lived together for, for most of that time. I've I've lived by myself ever since. Um, but you know, he's 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 here at the moment. We've been whilst we've been on holidays from work over Christmas and New Year's. He's pretty much lived at my house, and um, yeah, we're it, it's it's cute, right? Like he he's he's a he's a Greek boy, Greek Cypriot. So lived at home with his parents until he was nearly thirty. And moved out and bought his own apartment around about the age of 30. And he's lived by himself in this little one-bedroom apartment ever since. And so he's never lived with anyone other than his family. So he's slowly turning my home into a home he will be comfortable to live in. (laughs) So (laughs) his own little touches here and there. He's got funny little habits like we need to change the hand towels every day. And (laughs) funny little like that. <laughs> that's crazy. Wow. Wow. That's interesting because um, you know, like I've had roommates and stuff like that. Um, and you have to learn how to compromise and you know, it's mm. you can't just you, you can't just make it your space. It needs to be co-owned and there's a lot that you need to, you know, 
do outside your comfort zone. Um, so that's int- that's an interesting transition for him. If he's only lived at home and that's all he mm. all he knows, or by himself, yeah. you know, yeah. But look, I, I think we enjoy it. I think we've we, we've we've certainly had we we've had some moments um, learning to kind of cohabitate with each other oh, because sure. we both. Um, but ultimately, ultimately, at the end of the day, he is so entertaining to have around. Um, <laughs> Like a like a lot of like a lot of Greeks has a, a real flair for the traumatic. Everything's a <laughs> everyone, the, the smallest of things is so is such a everything's oh, such me. a huge yeah. deal. It, yeah, it's the small things that I'm like freaking out. The big things I'm actually like Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like but at the same time, like I've learned to just laugh because it's always hilarious. Um yeah. and yeah, he's he's got a he's larger than larger than life personality. Um and just yeah, I I, I think my I, my life would be so boring without him around. I love him to bits. Oh, hmm? oh, that's Let's nice. See. Yeah, very cool. Well, Mike, how about you? How's your life going? Uh, life is good. It's funny because I all of that hearing all of that again, Davey, reminding me that I moved in uh, two weeks before. Um, before oh, the yeah. lockdown was happened t- here. Really? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. I moved in yeah. February 28th I don't I don't of 2020 and um yeah, uh and it was because my roommate who uh before that was crazy and texted me in the middle of February and said, "Uh you you need to move out." And would get like it was just a really crazy. He was crazy. Yeah, and so uh yeah, and I still um, remember the timing. So, oh, I remember it was like right before yeah well it was right so it happened right after you guys got back from um from mexico because that was your the four of you went on yeah, the trip that to was mexico the last trip and, right after australia mexico yep. and then yeah 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 so that happened right after then and um yeah so that reminded me of all of that and um yeah so no things are things are good here um like we said at the top of the show uh top of the show i am preparing for a marathon in june but also uh dennis and i are starting a new adoption process with uh going to south africa for a child or children so that's amazing um, you should tell our listeners and davy the process like it's like it's a process (laughs) it is a process yeah we are so we've been in the adoption process here in the u.s for two and a half years and um that has not obviously we don't have a kid yet and um so we started uh Dennis started exploring other options and we found this agency that um helps you adopt from so there are only roughly three countries internationally that allow adoptions for unmarried lgbtq couples one is i want to say colombia south africa and then i think hungary is the third so very different parts of the world. Uh, Dennis has a connection to South Africa. He did medical mission work in Swaziland and and South Africa for three years uh, before moving back to the U.S. in 2015 or 2016, I think. So there was that connection once he heard that, um, that they allowed adoption to LGBTQ couples. So um, we started exploring it. Uh, a while ago, we started exploring in it in October, but 
Um, and then as we get more information, uh, it's a, it's a really expensive prospect. Like we're talking, mm. um, 65 to $80,000 us. Um, wow. So, just for adoption. Uh, just for adoption. Like, oh, surrogacy, which yeah. is like in that price range. It's like, surrogacy yeah. is more expensive but also that doesn't depends, include... depends on where the surrogates are from but it's in sure, that range sure. yeah yeah but um and we don't want we want a, we want an older kid like we both have we both will work um obviously dennis is a doctor and i um do i'm an executive assistant but uh, you know whatever happens in the future whatever opportunities i'll still need to work so it's mm-hmm. not like um we need a kid that can go to school. So uh, his, his shifts are 12 hours. And so on the days that he's working, I will be the primary parent. And so I do have to work. Um, and so they do have to go to school. So we're looking at four to seven year olds um, that can go to school. So, yeah, so we started that. So the money obviously was a big hiccup and whether we wanted to go through this whole process, which is like literally an, investigation into your entire life um all your relationships all your past your family your every bit of history plus you know fbi level background checks and you know all that stuff so fingerprinting and everything so it's it's a really intense process so we we thought about well so i needed more time to think about it um and then over this past month We've talked to my family a little bit more about it, my sister specifically. And um, so we're moving forward with it. And um, so we're starting that process all over. So it's like starting from scratch again um, because it's a new agency. It'll be, uh, you know, a home study is is slightly different because there are Hague compliances that now, um, because it's international, need to be followed and, so it's um yeah we're beginning and you also need now. you didn't even touch on the part where you need to stay in South Africa for like three months. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So yeah, we will be moving to South Africa for two to three months when this all kind of comes to. Uh, That's like a prerequisite. Yes. Yeah, you have to go there and live for two to three months um, to do all the paperwork and all of the processing and everything. So. Um, yeah, so we're, you know, we're both looking at leaves, leaves from work and how we're going to manage all of that. And, you know, where Hamish is going to go, obviously my sister's already said he's coming there. So that's taken care of, but all these things that need to, and also the, all that money that we're going to spend on this does not include like getting, transforming this office or, uh, or, you know, a second bedroom into a child's bedroom and getting them closed and all of those things. So it's a it's a huge undertaking. And is there a box to tick to say that the child must be a Star Trek fan? Or <laughs> <laughs> there is not, but uh, you know, I, I love Prodigy in this way that this is a yes. great show to um, to introduce them to. Um, so yes, they will be growing up with a lot of um, Star Trek and sci fi fantasy in their life for sure. Um, Good on you so. for undertaking it, though. Like, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think that the, a lot of people probably don't realize with all the rules around it that, yeah, there's so many children around the world who need a, a, a good, solid, dependable home and gay couples are still 
quite discriminated against in a lot of mm-hmm. ways and oh. can often be the the best parents that that a child could potentially hope for and i think going through all of that as well i mean what what a way to test your resolve in terms of whether this is something that you really really want <laughs> yeah. to do right <laughs> yeah for sure yeah it is um and you know the the number one it's you know every every straight couple i've certainly told about this and at different parties or whatnot have said they're you know based upon your backgrounds and what you the two of you do in your life like they they're blown away that we don't have a kid yet like why you know and you know there's so that you know not only is there prejudice on a on a systematic level but then all of these child advocates you don't know what their biases are um uh to certain couples or whatnot so it's it's a real it's a real challenge um and and we do want a kid that's young enough where we can help them get over any trauma that and it won't kind of affect them long term for a long long term time you know as you as you get older like eight nine ten things start to like mm. and you both of you can probably remember like being eight nine ten in that age and you remember things a lot more than you would remember like five six seven um so yeah. it's uh you know it's a it's a great eight we want you know we want that we want to be able, be able to be bonded to them and have them bonded to us and um yeah, we both want to be really want to be dads, so uh, we're going for it. So so cute, love it. That's amazing. Thanks. Exciting. Yeah, yeah. And so I, that's yeah. Hopefully, you'll still have enough time for Star Trek because taking care of a kid is like a lot. Yeah, yeah. that's and true. Still I mean, I've watched the Johnson. <laughs> yeah, yes. Johnson's yes. Johnson is also a very needy, um, <laughs> needy uh, part of my life. Uh, if you've seen our, if you have ever, if you ever get to see our Slack channel, um, the amount of questions and the attention that Johnson <laughs> like, needs. Mike, what's going on? What's going on? Yeah. What what's happening now? What's happening what's now? Talk to me. Talk to me. <laughs> yes. Throughout my days. So, yes. Um, yes, I'll have that. I'll have Johnson and then I'll have one or two other, you know, humans, smaller oh humans God. asking me the same thing. So, oh yeah. Well, but I, I have been watching. Uh, yeah. Hopefully they'll be interested enough in you to ask you questions like, yeah. you know, kids. Or yes. Like yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, you know, fortunately right now I watch Deep Space Nine while I'm cooking. So that's, you know, the other thing, or I put it on the treadmill and, and run and watch Deep Space Nine. I watched Prodigy this, this time today for running because we were talking about it, but yeah. So there'll be still be time for Star Trek in my life for sure. But, um, but I am excited to kind of share things like Prodigy with, with kids, and you know, and uh, you know, if if CBS ever got on, on the ball about uh, having a Murph plushie, I'm sure that there would be Murph plushies around here. But um, as we all know, that probably will never happen. Not yet. Um, Maybe one day. So yeah. So that's that's most. You know that. That is a lot. That's why I, you know, I said like 2023 is a different year for us. So it's yeah. a lot. Um, mm-hmm. We are looking at a, a lot changing or happening. And um, so, yeah, I have to change and adapt as well. And I, and I still have my own goals of running a marathon and things like that. So you got to fit all of this in um, as well. Yeah, so, it's a lot. Good luck yeah. with that. Thanks. Good luck. Yeah. yeah, we're excited. Yeah. Yeah. So... Cool. 
All right. Well, I think that does it for this episode. Yeah, Davey, thanks for sharing and for coming on. Really loved having you here. Um, you. Yeah, where can uh, people find you, Davey? And uh, yeah, let's give them all the details on where people can track you down. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I guess, yeah, please please come and find the show if, if you haven't heard it. Johnson and Mike were, were just on it. So it's called The Trexperts Quiz. Uh, you can find it literally everywhere that podcasts are available. Uh, the show is also across socials. You can find we have a Facebook group called The Trexperts Quiz. We're also on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, probably a little bit more active on the Instagram more than anything else. Uh, and you, we've also got a website, trexpertsquiz.com. Uh, and you can find my, my personal Twitter at dingodave84, uh, which which is set to private. So I, I do suss people out before I let them follow me. But yeah, <laughs> that's where you can find me. Very cool. cool. Very cool. Well, thanks for being here. And before we sign off, we want to... Give a shout out to our sponsor, Fansets. Fansets makes amazing pin collectibles. And uh, this month's releases are no different. Uh, we have new TNG Klingon communicator pins. We also have Captain Rios uh, from Siri, uh, Series 1. I don't know. He looks like he's from from Season it's 2. Season but one. anyway. Season 1 Picard? It's, yeah. Yeah, it might be from season one, Picard. Um, we also have the Orion uh, when Tendi and uh, Mariner do their Orion trip. With I think that was season no. one, right? Yeah. Um, so, so we have some yeah. micro crew pins of them in their Orion get-ups. Um, and also, if you haven't checked out the new... Um, Deltas from the TNG era. Uh, those are available, but they're sold out right now, or at least the magnetic one is sold out. So the pin, well, that's the pin is still available. Um, so head on over to fansets.com, put a bunch of pins in your um, in your cart, and if you use the words Trek Geeks, all one word, you're going to get 10% off your order. And if your order is over $30, you're going to get free shipping in the U.S., and we want to thank Fansets for being the premier sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network and Deep Space Pride. Thanks, Fansets. We will also love to hear from you. If you want to reach us on social media, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Deep Space Pride. And you can also reach us uh, via email at deepspacepride at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear what you're all looking forward to when it comes to Star Trek uh, this year. And if there are any other guests that you want us to have on the show, uh, we'd love to get your thoughts and opinions. So looking forward to hearing from you all. And one other thing. So one week from today, well, today we're recording on a Saturday, but next Saturday, uh, January 14th, starting at 1 p.m. Eastern, Trek Talks 2 is happening with a bunch of amazing stars from all across Trek. We're going to be raising money for the Hollywood Food Coalition. And um, it's going to be eight hours of interviews and talks with all kinds of stars from all of Star Trek. So head on over to trektalks.net for more details. And that starts at, um, what time did I say, 1 p.m. So 12.45, the pre-show begins Eastern time with the interviews beginning at 1 p.m. Uh, next Saturday or this coming Saturday, 
uh, January 14th. So hop online and watch that and support Hollywood Food Coalition. I think I saw that they got Scott Bakula um, to... Yes. Which is a big deal because he... That is a huge deal. He does not do conventions. Yeah. He does not. So that's huge. Um, So, And uh, our favorite daddy, Anson, is going to be there as well. So... Daddy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They got a lot of of stars lined up, so it'll be cool. Yeah, I've seen that. That looks like fun. Yeah, so it's going to be eight hours of interviews and talks. So, uh, yeah, check it out. And also support Hollywood Food Coalition, which does amazing work in the L.A. area. Yeah, John Billingsley does a lot with them. So He does, yeah. He's on the board. And uh, there's a lot of Star Trek connections. David Livingston's uh, on the board as well. He's a famous director from from the uh, Berman era of uh, Star Trek. So... There's a lot of great connections, so and they do great work. So check that out. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, thanks, Davey, for hopping Thank on you. today. Thanks to our listeners, and we'll be talking soon. Yeah, hope your 2023 is off to a great start, and we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Deep Space Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.